Cross the Netflix stream. I'm Ward. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Twitter, and Facebook. Cross the Netflix stream. Contact us. Let us know what you think, what you've seen, and what we should see. Go to our website to find all of our older episodes, written reviews, and Netflix news. Cross the Netflix stream.com. I also watched Undone Season 1, Harry Potter and Order of the Phoenix, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, Concussion, and Can You Ever Forgive Me? Undone is the recent Amazon series. A woman discovers that she has developed a new relationship with time after surviving a car accident that almost killed her. So this whole series is rotoscoped, which really adds to the surreal quality of it. I mean, it's neat. It's a time travel show, so of course I had to watch it. But it looks at perspective, at reality. You have this main character, Alma, who has said she's a broken person. And this ability of her to kind of step outside of time gives her the ability to take a step back and look at her life and kind of look at what makes her broken and other people broken. And the show is big on, I mean, it's kind of this mystery as to, I don't, I don't want to get too into it and spoil it for you, but it's a bit of a mystery as some things that, you know, preceded her car wreck and, you know, just her past and her parents. And so it's neat in that regard, because you're trying to figure out, all right, like what happened? And, but at the same time, it really gets some interesting things about perspective, because at one point, a character who's aware of her ability says, we know in the ancient world, you'd be considered a shaman, you'd be considered very important. We know in today's society, people just think you're kind of crazy. And it's, you know, it, the show kind of leaves you wondering, what is it? Like, did she really have this ability? Or are we just seeing things from her perspective, and thus what we see is distorted and not actually the truth? Uh, it's a really neat show, really well done. And the surprising thing is, Raphael Bob Waksberg, who worked on Project Horseman, he worked on this too. And Project Horseman is just an incredible show, a show that can be just so funny, so biting, but then other times just be so heartbreaking. And it's amazing how the show flips between those two emotions. And this show is just, it, it's very real, has this very, uh, you know, like you just kind of get it, you know, it feels real. You relate to Alma and kind of her outlook on life and her issues. Neat show. I really enjoyed it. Watch Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix because I'm reworking my way through the Harry Potter series. In Order of the Phoenix, the warning about Lord Voldemort's return has been scoffed at. Harry and Dumbledore are targeted by the wizard authorities as an authoritarian bureaucrat slowly seizes power at Hogwarts. As I've been rewatching. I knew the fifth one was where, for me, these movies just went downhill. The fifth one, it's a bit more convoluted. There's a lot that happens, but the plot still feels a bit hollow because we don't we don't develop the characters. We're just relying on what we know about them from the other movies. Uh, you know, you've got Dolores Umbridge, the new headmaster at Hogwarts, who is she plays a villain role, and you think, well, she's got to be working for Voldemort because what other kind of person would act the way she does? But she's not. She's just bad at her job, bad at life, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, it's not I didn't enjoy this movie, but its shortcomings are pretty easy to see. You know, all four of the previous movies, like there's a story there and there's plot points that kind of come from the, you know, elements from the beginning come back to the plot in the end and it all just kind of fits. I can see this story is kind of crafted. The fifth movie, and again, I haven't watched sixth and seventh and eighth movie yet, but I'm sure it's the same. It's just event after event after event. It relies on spectacle and you really start to see just kind of how thin some of this stuff is, how the movie creates what it needs when it needs it to further the plot. And it's really, it's a lack of story. The magic's not as fun anymore. It's not world building anymore. It's just 
man, Voldemort's coming and the end is near. And I get that from a story perspective, if Voldemort there, our perspective, our focus would change. But you can still world build despite that. Uh, and again, like it's just we're not developing characters anymore. So I would recommend. I mean, the spectacle is fun. It is not as good. I mean, really, if I had to rank the movies at this point, I haven't seen the five of them. Third, fourth, first, second, fifth. And that's pretty definitive. The last black man in San Francisco. A young man searches for home in the changing city that seems to have left him behind. This is my kind of movie, this independent, kind of artsy type movie. It's very intriguing. I mean, the main characters, they're both, they're just riveting. You've got Jimmy, who he's repairing a house that he doesn't even own. Somebody else owns it, and they're kind of annoyed at him repairing it, but they kind of let him because, you know, why not? They can't quite understand why he's doing it. You know, Jimmy has his best friend, Mont, and they're, they're outcasts. And it's just, the whole movie has almost kind of this dreamlike feel to it. It just, it doesn't feel really set in reality. Like some of the stuff is just kind of out there, but you don't dismiss it because of that. It works. Um, you know, this, Jimmy working on his house, you kind of feel like, okay, well, this must just be his, pur- like he has his purpose in life. And this is what motivates him, what drives him. Maybe it's a connection to his family uh, because, you know, his grandfather used to own this house. Uh, he doesn't fit in, but, He's got something to do. Um, Jimmy's friend, Mont, he puts on a play. And really, I mean, this might be the one of the strongest parts of the movie. This play in any other movie would be comical or seem silly or just be too wild. And in this movie, it's a very powerful moment. And it really, like, I was just impressed at the directing that you can use that and derive those emotions out of it and make something like that powerful. When it, in any other movie, it would not work. This is just, it's beyond what a normal movie is, what a normal movie does. It's very powerful. It packs a punch. And you have all these emotions of longing, of hope, sadness, confidence. And it's just impressive. Um, But I have to know, it's impressive for fans of indie films, these movies that try to redefine what a movie can do. It is not your typical movie. Um, And despite the great directing, these powerful scenes... A lot of people are just not going to quite get it or not like it. But I like these weird kind of movies. This movie, I enjoyed it. I would recommend it. But it is not for everybody. Certainly not for everybody. Concussion. This is the Will Smith movie where he's fighting the NFL. In Pittsburgh, accomplished pathologist Dr. Bennett Amalu uncovers the truth about brain damage in football players who suffer repeated concussions in the course of normal play. So this is very much your standard... um, you know, long shot, you're one man against the big corporation, big machine, no help of winning, somehow he triumphs. And I don't say that to discount the movie. You know, these movies that follow that trope, we like them because they follow that trope, because we want the underdog to win. We enjoy that. And this does not paint the NFL in a very good light. The NFL, you know, according to this movie, knew players were getting injured, didn't care, uh, it really makes you look at the fans and say, oh, you're ruining the game. You know, you're, you're trying to make it soft. Well, these players you're rooting for, these teams rooting for, their players, they're suffering irreparable damage. I mean, what does that say about a fan who gets mad that you're trying to protect a human being, a person? Will Smith, he does a much better job than I ever would expect. It. I mean, just, you know, Will Smith, the accent, and this whole thing of him looking older and just not looking kind of typical Will Smith. I'm like, I don't know about that, but... He really brings a very, very good performance from Smith. 
and you can't you can't help but not like Amali, you know, probably because that's Will Smith playing him. Will Smith is very charismatic, but just this guy set up is very driven, very determined, very, you know, I'm a corner. I'm good at it, and I embrace that. And while a lot of people dismiss him as, oh, you're just a corner, he's a lot more than that. I really enjoy the movie, and it's a very interesting look at, you know, this whole NFL thing about concussions and stuff and the safety about that. Impressive movie. And to wrap things up, can you ever forgive me? A successful biographer in the 70s and 80s, when Lee Israel's career tanks, she begins forging letters from famous writer. This is almost an analogous setup to Concussion, but very different. You've got Lee Israel, played by Melissa McCarthy, who does a fine job. From the start, you really don't like this character. She's unscrupulous. She's not very nice. But she is hard up for money, and she gets desperate, and she sells... She's trying to sell books, and she sells a letter that a famous person wrote her. Uh, Maybe Audrey Hepburn. Could be wrong. I don't know. But she has much money for it. And she's still desperate, so then she steals a letter. And then she realizes, why can't you just write these letters? Um, So then it's her, you know, people getting wise to what she's doing, her, you know, trying to get around that and kind of widening the net and going farther and farther away to sell these letters. And of course, like in this movie, like you know she's going to get caught. You know things are going to spoil out of control because she finally has money to pay her vet bill to not... She doesn't have enough money to be rich and live a lavish lifestyle. She has enough money to just live, period, to buy groceries every week. And so and it's an interesting look as far as that goes is that this isn't like some crazy scene. Like she's just trying to make it. She gets caught... And you know, that's kind of where you get the whole thing of can you ever forgive me? Because she's not necessarily all that apologetic about what happened because there's a big benefit to her. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this movie, I'm just kind of mixed. Like, yeah, it's all right. And if it's just all right, well, there's so many movies that are better than all right that you could watch. But, yeah, an interesting take on things. Predictable, sure. Again, not a bad thing. Concussion's predictable. That's not a bad thing. Uh, characters are good in it. Yeah, can you ever forgive me? That's just all right. And that's why I watch this week. Go to our website, crossthenetflixstream.com. This is your portal to find us on social media, our written reviews, news. You can email me directly, ward at crossthenetflixstream.com. Go to iTunes or your preferred podcast player. Rate this, review it. I would appreciate it. I watch movies on Netflix so you don't have to.